This is The Sporkful. It's not for foodies, it's for eaters. I'm Dan Pashman. Each week on our show, we obsess about food to learn more about people. And today we're going back to the phones, taking your calls about your food-related relationship issues and disputes. The food-related grudge that's been festering like that banana sitting on your countertop for way too long. You swear you'll deal with it, you'll turn it into banana bread, but you're probably actually just going to throw it in the garbage. It's time to confront the rotting banana in your relationship, and The Sporkful is here to help. But I won't be doing it alone. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings, co-hosts of the podcast For Colored Nerds. You two were on The Sporkful earlier this year answering questions. You gave such solid advice. I had to have you back. Hey, Brittany and Eric. Hey. hey. Colin's show so nice. We got to do it twice. Gotta That's do it right. twice. Now, before we get to the phones, let's just check in a little bit because I was recently remembering the conversation we had the last time you were on. I roasted a chicken about three days ago, pulled it out of the oven. Those wingtips were perked up and charred nice and dark brown, and I snapped them off and Mm -hmm. chomped a bit of the end like I do, and I thought of both of you. Thank you so much. Brittany, you and I are both team wingtip. Mm -hmm. Eric, have you come around since the last time we spoke? I have not. I am sticking by my wingtipless uh, life and future. And, you know, I, I'm pouring one out for the bites of food that you probably could have eaten that weren't a wingtip. <laughs> you mean that weren't as crunchy and flavorful? <laughs> like, exactly. Crunchy, flavorful. There's a real earthiness to wingtips that I think you're missing out on. But, you know, I mean, at your big age, if you ha- if you haven't turned around yet, I mean, what's going to what's good? What are the odds? of? Hey, of look, you, you know, know he's, he's still young, Brittany. I mean, I, I, I did. I couldn't bite straight into a tomato till I was about 35. Okay? See, there you go. Oh, but, although I don't think I have something I need to change, per se, <laughs> you know, so like, but I, I do agree. I'm not too old to change about things that are worth changing for. Okay. Yeah. Boom. We're and all continually see, evolving. Yes. I mean, we are. I don't know about Eric. Except on this. I don't know. (laughs) So, Brittany, we know you in particular as uh, the one of the pair with the hottest hot food takes. Mm. You recently tweeted, I have food at home in a good parking space two doors down. Why do I want fries from the McDonald's drive-thru? You wrote a follow-up tweet that said, I ate my little home food, and you know what? It was good. Fries tomorrow. Um, you then had a f- another tweet a few weeks later. You, <laughs> what did I say a few weeks later? I remember you said, those tweets, but I'm like, what happened food, next? I have food at home, but what I really want for dinner is a slice of this cake I once saw on an episode of Barney yes. from 30 years yes. ago. And somebody correctly identified it. So first of all, tell me about this cake. Yeah. It was a cake from um, a Barney. I don't know if it was an episode that aired like on television or if it was just one of the ones that came on a VHS. Um I don't imagine that like PBS was this big content farm back then. So it probably did air on television <laughs> at some point. Um, but yeah, it was Barney's, I think, first birthday or third birthday. Barney was a toddler, which was very confusing to me. And the kids <laughs> make this huge cake. It is a pink cake with purple icing that is piped around the edges, like for trimming. And it, I think it says like, happy birthday, Barney. I don't know if the kids decorated it. I can't remember. Someone found the clip. And I looked at it now and following as many like food styling TikTok accounts as I do now, I'm like, oh, this is cardboard. This is cardboard. (laughs) And like these children are probably putting like unset cement of some sort as frosting on this cake. It did actually make me crave the cake, but I am, I mean, as of the time of this recording, I'm getting married next Friday. There's cake in your future. Yeah, there's cake in my future. And so I'm holding out for that. Eric, you're going to Britney's wedding? Yeah, I'm trying to get some cake. Knowing that Brittany is a person who cares a lot about food, do you have like very high expectations for her, for the food of her wedding? Is there pressure on her, do you think? 
here's the thing. I will actually say I have high expectations, but because for what it's worth, I, I don't give Britney praise often, but when she does cook, it's good. I will I'll shout Thank out you. to that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Thank so you. I think more so what I have is a lack of apprehension. Usually I'm going to a wedding. I'm like, oh, damn, I'm going to be somewhere for a bunch of hours. I get one meal, maybe some snacks, and I got to drink a lot, too. I get a little bit of anxiety, but I actually feel comfortable for whatever the food. Wait, you will get be. anxiety that when you go to a wedding, there won't be enough food? Well, because the food at it weddings is so it's, iffy. It might it's, not be great, but it's not usually lacking in quantity. It's not like any quantity, but there's always a process for how you get your food. I love a wedding buffet, but typically it's like doled out table by table. Right. You oh. gotta wait. So it's a control there's issue for you, Eric. Yeah, I want to eat. If I want a second plate, I want to be able to get a second plate. I don't want to be walking through somebody's, like, you know, cake-cutting ceremony because I want an extra chicken wing or two. (laughs) You two have been friends for a very long time. You're both in relationships, so you've got a lot of wisdom that I think you can share with our callers. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, folks are calling in with food-related disputes, something that really pushes their buttons with a friend or a loved one, and we want you to help advise, help them settle the issue, mediate. All right, you ready? I think we can do it. We we got this. We got this. All right, here we go. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? Hi, Dan. It's Marcia from Toronto. I'm here with my husband, Rick. Hello. And here's our issue. When he cooks anything with ground beef, Mm. he Mm. takes, he seasons it, and then he takes a chunk of the meat to taste it raw to make sure that it's okay. He will buy smoked bacon, which is, Mm. looks raw from the butcher, and he'll bring it home and he'll eat it without cooking it, saying that, oh, it's okay, it's smoked. And then the worst... really the worst is our daughter will hard boil eggs for Easter Mm -hmm. and she'll dye them and it'll sit in a pretty basket on the table for about three weeks or so. And then Rick will just take one out of the basket after it's been sitting there for so long and, and eat it. (laughs) So I I just don't think any of these things are very uh, healthy to do. And I I should note that we have two children who are food scientists who also (laughs) back me up on this. I have to say, Rick, you seem fearless. Also, I have to say. <laughs> the immune system on you, man. Like, I'm really not sure what the fuss is all about because <laughs> um, I think it's perfectly fine. And as I tried to tell my lovely wife several times, I believe it's because of this that my immune system <laughs> has gotten so strong. Mm. So, Marsha and Rick, how long have you been married? We've been married six years, but we've been together almost 16 years. Okay. And you've been having this argument for about as long? 16 years. Okay. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Uh, Marsha, is Rick's immune system especially strong? Like, does he get sick more or less than other people, you think? I don't think any more or less than than other people. I, I, I will say that he probably doesn't have a lot of uh, stomach issues. Mm. But uh, I'm I'm still not sure that this is the right way to be going. That was a very pained uh, admission. Mm. I I could tell you were so reluctant (laughs) to to share that fact. I just want to add that I'm one of the things that I I'm big on is a scientific test called the smell test. Mm. So if the stuff smells okay, 
it's okay. I, I may be presented as this reckless person eating my <laughs> eating my food, but I, I do have guardrails. I don't do this with chicken or okay. you know pork. You know, if it's out of the best before date by a couple of years or so, I won't touch it either. But uh, <laughs> a couple but, years, wide <laughs> margin. Yeah. Can I ask a question about the ground beef, Rick? Is there like a sensation or a taste thing that really grabs you about it? And I want to set expectations here correctly, too. I don't cook that much. Marcia does, <laughs> does all the cooking. But every so often, I'll try and look like the hero, and I'll make some meatballs with spaghetti or, or a meatloaf or whatever. And I'm not eating the food for a meal. I'm eating it just to know, do I have enough seasoning? Does it taste mm. okay? I specialize in a damn good mashed potato, if I say so myself. And, you know, I've been making it so long that I can just make it. I don't actually need to really taste it. Are these, like, your dishes? So, like, when you make meatloaf, mm -hmm. you know, is it like Rick's meatloaf or Rick's meatball? So, I guess I'm curious about the experience. How long have you been making these dishes Eric, you're saying perhaps Rick shouldn't need to test it as he goes anymore because he's been doing it for so long. Yeah, I mean, do you not trust yourself? <laughs> Eric, Eric, you're not helping the cause. <laughs> I've, been, I've been cooking these things for, for quite a while, just not on a particular regular kind of cadence. So I, I may only make them a, two or three times a year. And, and I like to use what I have around. You know, I'm not going to go and go to some recipe and, oh, I'm missing this spice and go out to the store and get it. I'm going to open up a cupboard, see what I see, and kind of put a plan together from that point. And so there's the ground beef. There's the Easter eggs that have been sitting out for weeks. To the best of your knowledge, both of you, Marsha and Rick, has Rick ever gotten sick from eating any mm. of these old oh. or uncooked foods. Okay, Dan, now you're not helping my cause. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think so. I mean, there's been times... Why is it taking so long to say no? <laughs> 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 but you know what? If it does occur sometime, I'm a little bit concerned because obviously I'm concerned about his health. And then when the man has the common cold, he's lying in bed going, I'm dying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, you know, selfishly, if it's food poisoning, listeria or E. coli, I, I, I just think it's going to be unbearable and not pleasant for him as well. <laughs> I understand. But, most, I totally, but mostly unbearable for you. <laughs> I totally understand where you're coming from, Marsha. My fiance, when he got, he got the flu once and it became an event. We had to go to the emergency room. I had to miss work the next day. I feel like I remember this. Yes. I mean, he was so dramatic about it on social media. At one point, my, my, our, my former boss sent him some tacos at home, like, get well. I'm like, okay, what? Like, you know, and I mean, not to put my dad's business also out there. My dad does the exact same thing. It's a very common issue with many men across at least North America, as far as I'm aware. And I can understand why you wouldn't want to put yourself in a position to be, you know what I mean? Playing doctor, nurse, and butler for however many days. Thank you, Brittany. You don't want to be in that position. I get it. I get it. Can I ask you, Rick? So you, have, you said you have two kids who are food scientists, and they both say that you shouldn't be doing this. 
I have no, I, I've had it said <laughs> more in a nodding. casual <laughs> manner. Nobody has jumped up and down and said, you know, dad, you're going to die. Are, are you generally speaking, Rick, uh, a risk taker? In some matters, I probably am. I think he is definitely more of the risk taker. I mean, he's the one that's undoing his seatbelt half a mile before we're at home and I'm yelling at him, put it on. <laughs> Accidents aren't planned. Well, the, the seatbelt is has a health concern there too. Now that I'm getting older, I probably have to hurry up inside and go to the bathroom, but uh, <laughs> uh, there is a, there is a necessity. Do you find that like risk taking gives you a certain thrill? Yeah, probably. I was asking about risk taking kind of to follow up on what Brittany was asking earlier, which is sort of like, why are you doing this, Rick? Is it because it, it tastes good? Is it because you don't like wasting food? Uh, like in the case of the eggs that some people might throw throw them out and you don't like that idea? Is it that you like the thrill of spinning that roulette wheel, the roulette wheel of, of uh, food safety? I genuinely feel that there is no risk and I don't like wasting food. Dan, I think you you missed the option of uh, just do it to drive my wife crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Brittany and Eric, what do you think? Well, I wonder if a possible solution could be maybe the next time that you make meatballs or the next time that you make meatloaf will be the last time because you can take notes of like mm. how you've been preparing mm. things. Do the last taste test ever just to be like, okay, I know that I've got the meatballs right. I know I've got the meatloaf right. And then you can trust for the rest of your life. Every time that you make these dishes, they are perfectly seasoned to your liking. And then you have a recipe that you can pass down and they can really be Rick's meatballs and Rick's meatloaf. Eric, what are your thoughts? So I'm of a couple of minds. When we think about Russian roulette. Mm. There is a time when you lose. And sometimes when you lose, it's really bad. So like, I, you know, I, I understand the fear um, that Marsha has. The thing I will say, I know the science, but I also know that when I'm making cookie dough and I sneak a pretty fair amount yeah. of the dough, damn it, it's good. You've been living you know, a good life, you're happy, you're enjoying each action that you take, I kind of, I think I'm going to land on the side of, you know, keep it, keep it rocking. Like, you know, just maybe, maybe it's only the eggs I actually worry about. Something about the eggs stresses me out, but everything else I'm actually like, man, I I hear you. So I lean towards, you know, keep it rocking, maybe be a little quieter about it, you know? That doesn't you know. sound like Rick's style, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, I just want to get your commitment that if something does happen and he does get sick, that you'll come up to Toronto and you'll look after him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's a good idea. I, you and Brittany, I'd like to talk to your boyfriend and dad when they... Feel free to give me my phone number if they're the green, the cold, or the blue, because I know exactly what they're going through, and it's just that moment to do that. So those, those support channels are really, really important. I appreciate it. I'll just add that I, I agree with you, Brittany and Eric. I, I don't think that Rick is going to change. 
it, it seems like it's going okay for now. And Marsha, I would say, like, as unpleasant as it would be if Rick did get sick from doing this sometime and you'd have to deal with him complaining for however many days, look on the bright side. You'd be able to hold that over yes. him for the rest of your Ooh, lives. Good point. Thank you, That Dan. is good. Great I'll point. You know, so. that'd be worth a few days of misery. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. So I think you win either way. That's right. True. Dan, I think I got to rethink this whole thing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick and Marsha, best of luck in Toronto. Uh, yes. Rick, enjoy your next fistful of raw meat and or three-week-old hard-boiled <laughs> eggs that have been left out on a table. Thanks, Great. guys. Nice meeting nice you all. Nice meeting you all. Nice, nice meeting you. Yeah. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, Brittany and Eric, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, you guys want to take one more? We got time. Let's do it. Let's go for it. All right, stick around. And now, a delicious word from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Sporkful. I'm Dan Pashman. In last week's show, I talked with Asma Khan, chef and owner of London's Darjeeling Express. All the cooks at Asma's restaurant are women. And like Asma, they all learn to cook not in culinary school, but from their mothers. As a girl growing up in India, Asma felt like a second-class citizen in a society that prized boys, especially when it came to food. Food is always about power. Who eats, who eats what, who served what. Men were served first, the boys were served first. Women ate last and girls ate least. You hear stories from girls talking about the burnt roti. This is a very emotional, you can't even comprehend and say it, that I always got the burnt roti. It was the rejects that were given to girls. Hear how this experience fueled Asma and the surprising story behind how her restaurant was funded. That episode's up now. Get it wherever you got this one. All right, back now to the phone lines with Brittany Luce and Eric Eddings, co-hosts of the podcast for Colored Nerds and real-life best friends. Brittany and Eric, you ready to take another call? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right, hi, who's this? Hi, this is Tamara calling from Northport, uh, Long Island. I'm here with my husband, Jacob. Hi. Hey, Jacob. Say hi to my friends, Brittany and Eric. Hello. Hi, Brittany and Eric. Hey, guys. Hey, y'all. So, Tamara, tell us what the issue is. So, I noticed that whenever we were eating... He always eats his food separately, even though it's on the same plate. So chicken, green beans, and mashed potatoes, they all go separately. When I think we should be eating it, chicken, green beans, and mashed potatoes all in one bite. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's it's not so much so. I don't have an issue with, that she wants to do that. The issue is really that she has an issue with me <laughs> wanting to eat them Mm. And my argument is, if it's served to me, and it's clear, like if the meatballs are in with the spaghetti, they're supposed to be eaten together. Mm-hmm. But if they're served to me separately, I shouldn't be bound to having to balance <laughs> each item on my dish on the fork every time. Sometimes I'm watching her, and it takes her like five minutes just to get everything on one fork. <laughs> Anyways, this is like a nightly discussion. <laughs> clearly, clearly it's something that pops up often. It does. It does. What do you feel like you gain, Tamara, from combining all the foods in each bite? I feel like 
the point of cooking things together, like a complementary dishes, is that they taste good together. So you have, let's say, like the saltiness and the sweetness or like the different textures all in one bite, which I think complement each other. Jacob, I have a question. Is it that you will only eat one type of food at a time that's on the plate or will you just take separate bites of each without mixing the food together? Separate bites. I'll usually go around the circle. Let's say I got three or four things on my dish. I'll go for the mashed potatoes and then the pork and then Mm -hmm. the corn and then the bread or whatever and then around in a circle. I won't eat everything at once. Uh, my follow-up question is, and, I'll, I, and I'm going to ask this to both of you. Jacob, are you a picky eater? No. <laughs> Ooh. Tamara, do you agree? <laughs> uh, he's definitely not a picky eater. I, I'll say that. You're not a picky eater, Thank but you. you can be particular with mm. how you want things made. I can be a... S- Snob. Snob. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat I'll eat any type of food. You can't gross me you're out right, when it comes right. to I'll eat anything. But if I for instance if I go to a restaurant and I'm paying for food, I want the food to be a certain quality. Gotcha. Otherwise I'll just make it at home. You're a man of taste. Mm-hmm. You know? That's all. Hey. That's all. I get that. That's very helpful. So it, it seems like there's the, the surface debate which is like, should Jacob be eating his food separately or combining them? But then there's the deeper issue, which you sort of identified, Jacob, which is that you're like, look, Tamara can do whatever she wants. Why does she want to make me do it the way she wants? Mm -hmm. Tamara, you would have us compel Jacob to eat differently. (laughs) Why do you think we should do that? I I mean, you cook things that, like turkey dinner, right? Like, like the point is that everything tastes really good together. At that point, just make paella with like pizza. At that point, just like what's different? You're eating them separately, anyways. Jacob, have you tried any of the dishes that she is particularly perturbed by you eating separately together? Have I ever done it to please no. you? I won't. I won't do it out of principle to please you because she's making this seem like I'm the I'm doing it wrong. And I just, I can't give her that. No, but uh, but I look. I have done that before. But to me, it's more like I'm still enjoying the food together, just not at the exact same time. So, for instance, if I'm eating my mom makes uh, chicken cutlets a particular way that she taught me. If I'm eating that, when I have that in my mouth, I only want to taste that because I love it so much. Mm. I don't want the string beans that I made with it taking away from it at all. But if I'm eating them one after the next, they still complement each other because the taste is still lingering, but it doesn't take away from the one flavor sometimes that I'm really at. So, so Brittany and Eric, uh, what are your thoughts here? So I'll be honest. I started this conversation firmly thinking that uh, Jacob was right. I am, and hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> I can see your reaction. Tamara just looked... Horrified. The betrayal. <laughs> so I, for what's worth, am a very particular person as well. But there was one time, I'm not sure if I had, uh, you know, tried some herbs that are legal in the state where I live. Uh, but I got a burger, some fries, and a Coke. And I took a bite of the burger, and something instinctual said, put two of those fries in your mouth, too. And I did it, and I was like, oh, this is not bad. And I'm not going to lie, something else jumped out right after that. 
and was like, take a sip of Coke. And I took a sip of Coke. And I know this sounds insane. And I'm not even really the most like adventurous, no. like crazy adventurous food no, person. No, he's not. <laughs> but this was delightful. Now, when I eat a burger and fries, do I eat them all together the whole time? No. Do I do it for a couple bites? Yes, because it's kind of pleasant. Mm. The thing that stuck out to me, Jacob, is that you don't always try it. I think that if you or you haven't tried it, I think I say live your truth. You know, you don't always have to put them together, but try it in a few dishes at least once. Give it a shot is what you're saying, Eric. Give it a shot because you just might discover something. All right. All right. Brittany? You know... I actually am also a lot like you, Jacob, truthfully. I can be very particular about the way that things taste, the way that things smell. I have a big issue with the fact that it's an automatic, that cheese goes on sandwiches. I think that's awful. I don't think it (laughs) goes with everything that goes in. I think it depends on the temperature of the sandwich. I know. All this stuff really distresses my fiance. Um, There's places where each of you is right, and there's places where each of you could compromise a little bit more. Mm. Tamara, I think it's so wonderful that you want to encourage Jacob to see and taste the world as you do. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, why cut yourself <laughs> off from a from a good experience? There does come a point where you have to step away. But also, I mean, I'll say to that point, like, I only had a Cheeto for the first time a year ago, a little under <laughs> a year ago. Cheez-Its I had for the first time eight years ago, actually. Okay. Wow, I don't this, like, we're going to need another episode to cover this issue, Brittany. My, I have a lot of issues with cheese, but I said no for years and years and years. And then I finally had one. Maybe you're going to have to pick and choose like when, like instead of every time Jacob wants to eat his food separately, it bothers you to maybe like picking and choosing when, you know, those crucial moments are when you just know something is supposed to go together really beautifully and then just bothering him about it until he tries it. And Jacob, the thing is, is that she wants you to taste what she's tasting and to be in her shoes. And that's very beautiful. It's like having a shared experience in so many ways. There's a good Beyonce lyric. She says, why don't you let me upgrade you? Would you, wouldn't you want somebody mm. to take you to where you, mm. where you, the best place you could possibly mm. be? <laughs> Gave her a line to use on the excellent. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brittany and Eric, I think that's great advice. I initially was leaning towards Jacob too, but over time I I find myself identifying more with you, Tamara, because I am also a person who loves food and wants other people to enjoy something that I'm enjoying as much as I'm enjoying it. You know, like uh, my wife is just like not as into food as I am. I'll, I'll go running around New York City to like special places to like Eat, get, get my lunch while I'm in the city and then I'll come out and I'll bring like bags on the Long Island Railroad of all these special treats <laughs> that I've acquired all over the city to bring home and I'm like I'm like look at this incredible thing that I brought you it's like this place is everyone that everyone wants to eat here and like I just brought it. here it is and she'll eat it like while checking email <laughs> she won't even know what she just put in her mouth I'll put it next to her like, like I'm bringing like I'm, I'm like a, a bringing her this offering and she will eat it without looking at it and without paying any attention to what she just ate. And I will be crestfallen <laughs> because I wanted her to enjoy it yeah. as much as I enjoyed it. Um, but And sometimes that's disappointing, but other times I just have to shrug. Jacob, it seems like a lot of your resistance is just coming from a sort of knee-jerk reaction of like not wanting to feel like 
Tamara is kind of controlling you. Mm. Right. Mm. Which, 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 which I can understand. You know, I think that goes both ways and nobody wants to feel like, you know, everybody likes to, in a relationship, you need to maintain your own control over certain things. Tamara, I think it, it may have felt to Jacob at times like you're kind of trying to micromanage his life a little bit. But Tamara, the, the thing is, you know, you can only change people so much. You know, you can lead a horse to water, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> You guys just looked at each other. It was so, so nice. Cute. I just went, it, is it cute. was such a just like we're probably gonna compromise. <laughs> like we, you know, like I don't, I don't want to admit it right now, but like maybe later. I, I, I will add though, real quick, in defense of one of Jacob's points. Just like, yes, flavors on the plate go together, but they can go together by alternating bites. Yes, like Eric, you're from Memphis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was in Tennessee last, someone told me about the concept of the sweet out. You eat your entree, your salty, smoky, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. and, and then you have your sweet dessert, but you save a little piece of the yeah. savory food, let's say the pulled pork or the rib or whatever, is on the side of the, of the plate. You don't get rid of it, and then after you're done with dessert, you have one more bite of something oh, salty. Okay. That's, I like Be- that. Big facts. Right, because like it that. tastes different and new again. After having eaten something sweet. So I do think that there's merit to that concept, Jacob. All right. I'll take the one point. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think we've hit on a good compromise, which is that, Jacob, you have to be a little bit more willing to try uh, Tamara's approach. And Tamara, you have to be a little more willing to accept Jacob as he is and that, um, you know, certain times you're just going to have to let him eat it the way he wants to eat it. That's fair. I think it's fair. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, Tamara and Jacob, thanks so much. We hope you enjoy your next meal uh, that you will eat together. Whether whether or not the foods will be eaten together is another question. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank All you. All right, take care. Thanks, Good luck. All right, Brittany and Eric, I think we've helped some more people today. We are, you know, doing the hardest job out there. We are. <laughs> we do it well. Yes. You know? Well, thank you so much. The podcast is for colored nerds. It's always a pleasure to hang out. I hope folks will check out uh, your show as well, in which you talk about all kinds of culture, including food. So uh, thanks so much. Take care. And we'll talk to you soon. Seriously, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Next week on the show, I travel to the Simpsons writer's room. Yes, seriously, dream come true. I find out what food means to writers and to the Simpsons themselves. That's next week. In the meantime, check out last week's show with Asma Khan. It's a great conversation. And please remember to connect with our show in your podcasting app. Whatever your app is, if it's the plus sign or subscribe or follow, just check our show page in your podcasting app. That way you'll never miss an episode. We can hang out all the time. You can do it right now while you're listening. Thank you. This show is produced by me along with senior producer Emma Morgenstern and producers Andres O'Hara and Johanna Mayer. Our editor is Tracy Samuelson. The show is mixed by Jared O'Connell. Music help from Black Label Music. The Sporkful is a production of Stitcher. Our executive producers are Peter Clowney and Eric Eddings. Until next time, I'm Dan Pashman. And I'm Alice in Ottawa, Ontario, reminding you to eat more, eat better, and eat more better.